0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: People come to our house, and you know we're a very busy house, but we're also a very calm house. So majority of the time when Carol and I are alone at the house, believe it or not, It's a very peaceful house. You might not think so because of my personality, but it is really chilled out. And so our dog gets up in the morning, eats, goes to the bathroom, goes back to sleep. Gets up three hours later, goes to the bathroom, goes back to sleep. Lunchtime has lunch with us with a chew bone. After lunch, goes back to sleep and goes on all day long. People come by and they say, "Your dog is the calmest dog. He hasn't barked this whole time. What is with your dog?" And I said, "Well, that's easy. We feed him dope all day. No, 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 no. We don't do that. But the point of the matter is, this dog is chilled out. And I'm wondering if maybe the dog is a little more chilled out. Now, let me give you the contrast to that. Around our house, because I have an office there and we have a studio and all that. <clears throat> if the phone rings and the door because of where the phone is sometimes, it'll go off and my phone is connected to Carol so that I have accountability. And so when the phone goes off, we'll all kind of reach for the phone, grab the phone. Did you hear that? It's for you. All of a sudden, this quietness is exploded with, get that phone, will you? And if the doorbell rings, it's who's going to get the door? I'll get the door. We're running to the door when the whole house is nothing but just like a morgue, okay? Those two times, our dog will, rip, 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 and then shut up. So now, nobody's jumping up. Nobody's doing nothing. The phone rings and the dog goes, someone comes to the door. So what am I really trying to tell you? I think maybe for our dog, for us anyway, the calmness that's there has calmed them down. The phrase, though, is, catch this, the Lord is at hand. Now, some writers will say, well, that's because at any moment, don't have your fear. The Lord can come and take you out of that fear. Don't worry about what you got going on. You could die, so don't worry about it. That really gets rid of your fear, doesn't it? You know, get rid of you. Don't worry about it. You can be with the Lord. I get that, but I don't think that's the primary interpretation, and it's pretty far away from the application. I think it is saying, be gentle to all people. Calm down. The Lord's right there. How many of you heard me say a million times, well, maybe not a million a dozen or more times, the Lord is large and in charge, and he's near and he's dear. Have you heard me say that? Do you believe it? Then calm down. All right? He's right there. Now, if you need a verse, I like the one in Hebrews, it says, I love this verse. It says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Leave is goodbye. Forsake is I ain't never going to come back again. The Lord never says, I will leave you nor forsake you. So you can boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear. Hebrews 13, he's at hand. Number two, calm down. B, develop a lifestyle of balanced prayer. Develop a lifestyle of balanced prayer. And then I gave you three, praising, thanking, requesting. And now you're writing the word balanced in there, but I would much rather have you circle the word lifestyle. You know, a lot of folks, they... uh, maybe get their little injection of anti-fear juice when they pray at a prayer meeting. And I'm not against that. I think that's okay. I think that's a momentary fix with a bunch of believers. But I think it's a lifestyle of doing this. So let's look at the passage here, one that you know so well. And if not, have your family memorize it. It says, be anxious for nothing. Circle the word nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything... By prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to try to divide prayer and supplication and all of that. I just want you to know that it's this attitude of prayer, praising, thanking, requesting. Let me just say it in another word. It's so simply. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. It's intimacy with the Lord by communicating to him what is necessary at the moment. Is it being thankful? Yep. Is it praising? Yep. Is it requesting? Yep. And what happens then? I love this. The result of all of that is found in the very next point, letter C. Decide that God can really give you peace. Decide that God can really give you peace. So I love that because sometimes we forget that he really can. I wish I had more time. I want to make a whole deal on make your request known to God. So many times we're giving requests to everybody else to pray for you. And we don't even pray enough for ourselves. But go to the Lord. And here it says, in the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Remember, God can really do this. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts through Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to go a little deep here, but you can follow it. I want you to circle the phrase, peace of God. Circle that phrase, peace of God. So it's not that he rules over peace. It means that he is the source of peace. It means every bit of peace that God has, he gives to you and me. Now let's go a little bit further. And then it says, guard your hearts and your minds because a lot of your fear is what you feel or think about. And then it says, through Christ Jesus. So circle the phrase, Christ Jesus. Now, here, let me show you how to put this together in a very ultra-pragmatic way that's biblical. Are you ready? Look up here. He is, um, I love this, the peace of God. All right, so he's the source of peace. He's the peace of God. So we must believe that he is not up in heaven wringing his hands of what's going to happen with the pandemic, what's going to happen in the Ukraine, what's going to ha- wherever it is, it doesn't really matter. He's not wringing his hands. But I get that quote, and I say this reverently, but get it. He's the man upstairs. I get that. So why did it say through Christ Jesus? Because now you can see the man upstairs in real life form, as God-man on the earth. So now let's look at Christ. Did he ever wring his hands? Did he ever worry? In fact, he did stuff that I probably couldn't do. Sleep in a boat in the middle of a storm. How many of you sleep real well you're on an airplane flight? And it's ba 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 of an anxious, fearful person. All right, so remember what it said here. God can really give you peace. If you believe that, say amen. (laughs) You didn't convince me, right? Do you believe God can really give you peace? All right, that's it. Now amen is an inside thing. I get it. D, deliberate on positive thoughts. Deliberate on positive thoughts. Now that's kind of like something I've said three times already in the message, just a different way but basically it's still the same. So let's look at the verse. Verse 8 says, finally, so you could put climax there. He's really bringing this thing to a crescendo. Now skip over all that other stuff in between and go to the last four words of the verse. It says meditate on these things. So before I get to the meditate on these things, I want to give you the other stuff, but I wanted to tell you that you got to think about these things. you got to meditate on these things. So when you hear about think about it, it's not a, a casual thought, And then you're back in the sauce of fear and anxiety. It is, I meditate upon all of this. And then as I move back into fear, anxiety is here somewhere. You get what I'm trying to say? So you have to meditate on this thing. It is an important thing to think about. So what do we do? Well, let's look at it here. Whatever things that are true. Now, I'm going to get a little deep here. I want us to know that Jesus is the truth. He is the living truth. The Word of God is the written truth. Thy Word is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth. So now you've got Christ and you have the Word. So whatever things agree with Christ and the Word of God, I think on that. So it's not just whatever things are true, I got a good report from the doctor. That's only as good as the one to get next time, okay? So you always get the same consistent truth from God. So you want to think on the Word of God. Whatever things are noble, noble would be things that are worshipful, adorable, things that you would look to the Lord as saying, he's higher than anything that's on this earth. So now what I'd like to say is take whatever your fear is and put it up against all eternity. It becomes very simple and often very short. Whatever things are righteous or just, that would be biblical biblical again. Is this what Scripture has to say? I want to think on that's what's just, that's what's true. Then it says here, whatever is pure. Boy, this is a sermon right there. What is ever morally clean? I wish I could unpack the whole idea of how immorality impacts peace in a person's life. So maybe I'll help you by doing this. Have you ever noticed how lack of peace the guys you know that have fallen into immorality, whether pornography or illicit affairs, they really don't have peace. They have fear all the time. They're running. They're trying to cover their tracks, etc. I hope nobody finds out. I could lose my job, blah, blah, blah. And you can throw that in the women's world, the same thing. They watch pornography too. They do the same things, et cetera. Maybe not as much, but whatever it is, when there's a moral uncleanness there, there's gonna be some fear. So parents, one area I might explain encourage you to explore is if your child has fear one there's many of them check out the morality or the immorality factor of what they're watching r-rated certain music all of that let's go on i could go on forever for this and i don't want to and it goes on here and it says whatever things are lovely and i would like to say the word sweet so i think of the lovely things whatever things are of a good report that would be good news instead of bad news If there is any virtue, if there is any praiseworthy stuff, meditate on these things. Here's a reference. You can look at it later. Isaiah 26. It says this. I'm going to say it once, and then I want you to quote it with me out loud, so pay attention. You ready? 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 Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind has stayed on thee. Can you now say it out loud, as loud as you can? And if you mess up a word, don't worry about it. You won't lose your salvation. Here we go. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee. So that's why I tell people, read the word. I had a horrific phone call the other night from people that used to live in Honolulu with us, with our church. He's now in central Georgia. And he said, my wife was extremely overweight she went and had the surgery. I don't I forgot the name of it. I should be more sophisticated. But they they did the weight thing and they took out the stuff and they stopped it from. But they said there's only a one percent chance that you'd have a problem. Two years later, she's riddled with cancer. Everything is shutting down. They're losing their house. He's losing his business. He can't keep there He is now living in extended stay. A little bit with church because he doesn't know what he can do with this house because it's now completely flooded. He says, my wife wants to commit suicide. She's a Christian. Can you help me? And that call comes in at 830 at night. All right. So we've talked a little bit. And I said, I'll talk to your wife in the morning. Why don't you have her call me or you call me in the morning? But I said, here's what I want you to do now because he's a Christian. I said, I want you to open up God's word. I want you to read Psalms. I want you to read it 15, 20 minutes. It's not a magic bullet, but it's better than what you're doing. So I said, why don't you take the word of God and begin to read it to her over and 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 over over again. So it tells me that people that are fearful are often not abiding in the word and the word is not abiding in them. All right, let's go a little bit further here. Meditate on that and how important that is. By the way, some of you are struggling with the word meditate. Does that mean I sit around? Kind of Indian style, with my elbows on my knees, my fingers in a... mm, No. All of us know how to meditate. If you worry about something, you're meditating. (laughs) Because you're thinking about that, which is making you worry. (laughs) So if you want to have peace and joy in your life, you want to think on the things that bring that, whatsoever things are true and just and lovely and noble. Think on those things then you won't do the other. So when you worry, you're thinking about the wrong things. When you have the peace, you're thinking about the right things. And so I want to encourage you to keep your mind pure and keep it loaded with Scripture and get away from all that cacophony of noise that's out there with the others. All right, let's move quickly. E, do godly behavior. Sometimes we're sitting there and we're wallowing around or in anxiety when we just need to get up and get out there and do something. Notice what Paul said. He says, and it's in the context again of anxiety, the things which you learn I taught you. Many of you have been taught by parents and others. You received that which you taught. In other words, you welcomed them into your house. You welcomed the word of God. You received it. You agreed with it. You heard it. In other words, you kept hearing it. You saw it in me. I lived it. I modeled it. I mentored it. I managed it. I ministered it to you. Then he says, these do. Underline the phrase, these do. It didn't say these do when you get over your anxiety. He said, these do with your anxiety, as far as I'm concerned. Now, is that biblical? I think so. You ready for another verse? Commit your works unto the Lord, and what happens after that? Your thoughts will be established. Then it goes on to say, and the God of peace will be, not maybe with you, mostly will be with you, be with your neighbor, but will be with you. So next to that, write the word promise. And the God of peace who brings you the peace of God will be with you. Woohoo! What a promise. So far, we've heard pray, think, do, letter F. Deepen your relationships with people who really do care about you. Deepen your relationship. Let people love on you when you're going through those times. Don't push them away. Notice what Paul said. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me, when Paul was in prison, your care for me flourished again, implying that these folks at Philippi, Kept on reaching out to him, knowing that Paul probably could have fear in jail. Who wouldn't have fear? How long will I be here? What will it be like? I need to a maintain a, a positive spirit, etc. And though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity, meaning that other times you couldn't do it, other times you could do it, he says, I had the right people in my life. And so here's my question. Look up here. Do you have the right people in your life that will help you be fear eliminators? And if it's hard to think of one, let me talk to the other people in your life. Why aren't you a fear eliminator to them? Why don't you reach out to them and care for them, go after them? I wish I had time to teach you Philippians because there was one dude that went all over the place trying to find Paul to try to minister to him, didn't even know where he was, and he risked his own life and health to do that. That's a fear eliminator. Do you have one? Are you one? All right. G. Demonstrate an attitude of contentment. Demonstrate an attitude of contentment. Sooner or later, no matter what you're going through, you're just going to have to accept it. It doesn't have to say, I love this problem I have that's causing me fear, but you have to accept it. Paul said this, not that I speak in regard of need, for I, I've learned, Means I didn't know it before, but I had to learn this. And maybe the reason we have these issues is because God's trying to teach us something and we're not learning it. But he learned what? In whatever state I am, which could create fear, context, to be content. I'm going I'm to just rest in the Lord. It's okay. I know how to abase. I know how to be at the bottom of the Ferris wheel. But I also know how to abound. I know how to be at the top of the Ferris wheel and get all the beautiful view and the cool air and all of that. I know how to do all of that stuff, but I had to learn all of that stuff. Everywhere, in all things, I've had to learn both. To be full No fears, no problems, got it all together, I'm full, got it all there. And to be hungry, to be without, both to abound and to suffer need, it's okay. I've learned to be content. Maybe what you're going through with the fear is that you're trying to get rid of whatever's causing you the fear, thinking that if you got rid of that, you're now going to have peace in your life, and really it's just going to create another vacuum there that's something else Satan will use to fill it up until you become content. Boy, I probably invited back here to preach anymore. <laughs> Let's go on. Depend on the Lord to make you strong, strong enough to face any conflicts. So it's not you, psych or whatever I can conceive in my mind to overcome fear, I can achieve. No, I'm depending upon the Lord. I can do all things Christ who strengthens me. Look up here. We said, God will give you the peace. All right, I got that. But you can overcome your fear, you can do that. You do not have to live in a paralyzed world of depression and discouragement and anxiety that's destroying you and horribly impacting the people that you're around, let alone minimizing the intimacy that you could have from the Lord. You have all that's there. All things. I denounce the fear of poverty. I threw that in there because kind of in the context, I'm wondering if uh, maybe more ladies are afraid of if my husband loses our job or if something happens to him, how am I going to be taken care of? I don't, I don't know. But he said, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I want to be very careful that I don't make all the word all meaning money. God shall supply all the money you need. It's all anything you need, internal, external, etc. cetera. How important that really is. I suggest at night that you stop counting sheep and start praising the shepherd. All right. Number seven is the last one here. So we are coming to land the plane. What is the ultimate cure for anxiety? If you forget everything else that I've given to you today, if you could do this one here, I think it's a good place to begin. It's a good place to own. It's a good place to end on. And that is the ultimate cure for fear and anxiety is faith. It's faith. Now, I know perfect love casts out fear. I get that. That's important. The love of God. Remember, he loves you no matter what. We're going to show you that in a moment, but. Right now, faith is what's going to cast it out. The only way you're going to get your faith is by getting into the Word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you want to eliminate fear, you've got to increase faith. In order for you to eliminate faith, you have to add six areas of the Word of God to your life. Listen, just, just listen. You have to listen to it. You have to read it. You have to memorize it. You have to study it. You have to meditate on it. And lastly, you have to apply it to your life. Not just let it be existential information, but it changes you from when. And when you do, faith will come into play. When faith is there, fear flees. Say that with me. Fear flees. It's gone it's gone. So keep that in mind. I think this will be something that'll help you. I have a dear friend of mine. His name is Mike Sullivan. A while ago, he wrote a blog. Some of his blogs speak to me so much that I keep. This one stayed with me so long that when I finished this message, I wanted to give you his blog. And no, I'm not going to read it to you. Most of you probably already read it when you're bored during the sermon, but it's still there. And I want you to own that blog It is very well written. And if you'll notice, there's just three high points to remember, but it's all the inside guts in that that'll change your life from fear to faith. He says here to trust the unfailing truth of the word of God. You've heard me hammer that already. Number two, trust the unfailing love of God. He really loves you. Some of you might be in a predicament right now that's so bad and you're so fearful and you think that God is out there and he's squashing you like a bug. Yep. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. I get that. But it will yield a peaceable fruit of righteousness and it's always done by for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. And so don't look at it as punishment. Look at it as a school to grow in the Lord. And the third one Mike has here, is trust in the unfailing arms of God through prayer. And prayer is not asking. Prayer is building an intimate relationship with him by communicating with him. Folks, thank you for letting me go a little bit longer today. And if you only took one bite of this apple, you'd have one more bite than you had before you got in. So just take a little bite of the apple and every day take a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Get with your groups, get with someone that you trust, a respected person, pray through this stuff, talk about some of those anxieties that you have. And I want you to know that God loves you and he, he's, he's grieving if you're in this state of anxiety when he says, I got it for you, I got it right here. I got it right here. Don't just try to numb it with alcohol and pills and stupid relationships, fill it with me. And now for those that don't know Christ as Savior, this is all waiting for you. But you got to get in the room. It's not coming into church and joining it. It's you have to get in the room the same way these people got in the room. The way I got in the room, we came through a door. And that door is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I'm the door, I'm the way to get in. And to get in, is when you trust in me as Savior, you get into everything I have now and everything you have in the future in heaven, all of that, you get. It's like walking in the entrance to Disney World. It's all right here. I'm not the mouse. I'm the king of the mouse. And I want you to know you can have it by admitting to him that you're a sinner, you need a Savior, and you'll trust in Christ and Christ alone for the full forgiveness of your sin. Doesn't mean your anxieties will be gone, but now you've got a doctor in your life that'll help you. The Great Physician. Would you stand with me and we'll pray. I love you, dear ones. Carol and I both do, and we're not always here. That doesn't mean we don't always think of you. And we care for you. This is kind of a benediction, too. I'm just going to close in a prayer of blessing. Father, I want to thank you that we have everything that we need to live a life of, of joy and peace found in Christ as long as we do it according to your way. And Father, we trust you as Savior, and once we do that, we have eternal life, and then we begin to clean up some of the things that are blocking us, getting our eyes more on you, getting into the Word of God, and doing the things that we've learned today from your Word. I ask that you will take the people today that are here, those that are listening, on our media presentation, that they would know that they are truly loved by you, but that, Father, you have ordained us to love them. And that they would reach out to us and then we'll hold their hand and and walk them to you. And then we'll grab your hand, Lord, and we're going to walk them and you to them. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. Bless these people right now as we go out to manifest to a world of what it really means to be a Christian. Our faith over fear is truly more contagious than any virus.